0: Latest happiness index reveals American happiness at all time low. That was the headline of a very brief article that I found recently on the Harris Polls website. It was published on July 8th of last year. The article was about their annual survey on the happiness level of the citizens of our nation. The people at Harris call it the happiness index. Well, as the headline indicates, this past year's results were not very encouraging. According to the poll, only 31% of Americans are very happy at the present time, which is an all-time low but not all that different from previous years. Since Harris began doing this back in 2008, their happiness index has consistently been in the low to mid-30s. Now that's bad enough, but according to this article, the number of truly happy people might actually be even smaller. That's because the pollsters believe that many people, and here I quote, may overstate how happy they really are. Now how can this be? How can this be with all the stuff we have here in the United States, with all the possessions we have? How can this be with all the comforts we have available to us? How can this be with all the educational and recreational opportunities we have? How can this be with all the technology we have for our use. Shouldn't we be the happiest people on earth? Shouldn't we be the happiest people in the history of the world? Yes, we should be, but obviously we're not. If Jesus were standing here this morning instead of yours truly, I think he would tell us that there's a reason for this. This is not a coincidence, this figure, this number. The reason for the happiness index being so low right now, he would tell us, I think, is because we are not believing that the Beatitudes are what he has told us they are, the keys to true and lasting happiness. We're not believing that, and we're not living accordingly. Each Beatitude, you will notice, begins with the word, blessed. In the original Greek text of Matthew's Gospel, the word there is Makarios. Makarios can be translated by the English word blessed, that's true, so this text is accurate as it is. But it can also be translated by the English word happy. And in some versions of the Bible, it is translated in that way. In those versions, the first beatitude reads Happy are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the other Beatitudes begin in the very same way in those translations. The Beatitudes are the attitudes that keep us on the road to eternal life, which is why they have the power to bring us happiness. But we need to be clear about it. This is not a superficial kind of happiness that the Beatitudes are pointing toward. This is not the superficial kind of happiness that depends on circumstances. And you know what I mean by that. That's the kind of happiness that Patriot fans like the Pastor have right now, and Packer fans like me do not have. Boo-hoo, Father Ray. See, that kind of happiness comes and goes depending on what's going on in your life and whether or not your football team has won its last game. The happiness that comes from embracing and living the Beatitudes is very different. The happiness that comes from embracing and living the Beatitudes is a happiness, a kind of inner peace really, that dwells in the very core of your being, which means that it can exist and it can persist even in the midst of great sorrow, which is good news, really good news, at least it should be good news to us. So Jesus says to us, happy will you be if you are poor in spirit. In other words, happy will you be if you know that you need God and then put him first in your life, because in doing that, you'll be on the road to heaven. Even if from time to time you experience a few bumps in the road here on this earth. Happy will you be when you mourn. Say what? Yes, happy will you be when you mourn. When you mourn, first of all, for your own personal sins. Because your mourning will lead you to repentance. And repentance will keep you on the road to heaven. And happy will you be when you mourn in the midst of those bumps in the road you experience, because those sufferings will bring you closer to Christ. And when you offer them up, as the nuns told us to do, you'll draw down blessings into your own life and into the lives of others. Happy will you be if you are meek. Not if you're a wimp, that's not what meekness means in the Bible. Happy will you be if you are meek. In other words, if you humbly accept God's will in your life, with serenity and with confidence, confidence in Him. Happy will you be if your first goal in this life is to be holy and not rich or famous. Happy will you be if you are merciful and forgiving. You'll be happy because unforgiveness won't ruin your life. And God will be merciful to you in the midst of your sins as you need to be experiencing the mercy of God, as we all need to be experiencing the mercy of God in our lives. Happy will you be if you are single-hearted and if you serve God for the right reasons and not for selfish motives. Happy will you be if you work for peace, if you work for the peace that Jesus came into this world to give us, peace in your family. Peace in your place of employment. Peace wherever you happen to be. Happy will you be even in the midst of persecution. Because you realize you're sharing in the cross of Christ. Which means that in heaven, you'll share more fully in the fruits of the Lord's resurrection. My brothers and sisters, the happiness index in America that I spoke about at the beginning of my homily, that will only improve significantly, I believe, if more people begin to embrace and to live Jesus's prescription for happiness as expressed in these Beatitudes. If the majority of Americans continue to base their happiness on circumstances, on the ever-changing circumstances of our lives, like whether or not their favorite football team wins its big game. If they do that then the percentage of happy people among us will probably stay just where it's been since Harris started doing this poll in 2008 somewhere between 31 and 35%. Because in all likelihood that's about the percentage of the population which is not dealing with difficult circumstances at any given time. For example, I'll bet if I took a poll this morning on how many of you are dealing with difficult circumstances in your lives right now, at least seven out of every ten of you would raise their hands. So obviously it's a mistake to try to find lasting happiness, lasting beatitude in the things and in the circumstances of this earthly life. If you do that, you'll probably be crying seven out of every ten days. The happiness, the beatitude that endures comes from Jesus Christ and is rooted in his words to us in this beautiful gospel we just heard. So let our prayer be this morning Lord, may your beatitudes become our attitudes, and may we inspire others to make your beatitudes their attitudes, so that we will experience a measure of beatitude here on this earth and eternal beatitude someday with you in your heavenly kingdom. Amen.